Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers, brought to you by Watch Your Game. In this series, I aim to explore the minds of people working in the Web3 gaming industry. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Game Changers. Today I'm talking with Hantel, co-founder of Quest. Hello Hantel, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? Oh, what's up? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, sure. So um, <clears throat> I've been in gaming for 10 years, um, primarily on the back end. So I started in college, actually, and I started volunteering for a gaming club because my parents were like, you need volunteer hours to be a doctor or a lawyer. So uh, back then I was playing like StarCraft II and League of Legends. So I started volunteering, became like executives and vice president and eventually president um, year over year. And then I was running events like watch parties, lands, tournaments for hundreds of people up to a thousand uh, for our biggest one. And then after that, I didn't want to do chemistry because my degree was like, I don't want to push buttons all day. So I decided to just like YOLO into gaming. And since then I've done like partnership management for um, the streaming platform under IGG, which is mobile game publisher. I managed creators uh, featured on YouTube Rewind, Mr. Beast Rewind. I've been at eSports for three years as well. Sold my own team through M&A. And then when I saw Web3 Gaming and Guilds specifically uh, back then, it kind of reminded me of 20... 10 League of Legends. So I wanted to join the space and really shape the future of this industry. Oh, that's very exciting. There's loads in there that I uh, want to definitely jump into. I would also agree with chemistry. I was predicted a U when I was doing it uh, at college and then didn't even get a U. So uh, I think you made the right choice di dipping out of chemistry. Um, and what is it you're working on right now? Yeah, so... I'm a co-founder of Quest, and we've existed for a year and a half now. Um, originally, we were a guild, and when I got into it, I was like, oh, shit, this model is not really sustainable because people are just extracting from the games. And when we looked around the room at our other co-founders, uh, one of them was X. Um, Bridgewater worked for Ray Dalio for two years directly, and one was IBM CDC data scientist, uh, dropped out of his PhD, and then last one was a MIT postgrad or postdoc, sorry, and he is doing digital economies. So we're like, why are we doing a guild model when we could do data and um, growth for Web three? And then my background in creators. So we started out in Axie Affinity. We started running their creator program for them. And then we started also building our data tool on the back end to really help empower better decision making. And we also recently um, just acquired a user engagement platform as well. Um, that's kind of like user loyalty, retention, user acquisition. Oh, it sounds like some great points. Um, and it sounds like a good step away from guilds into something a lot more um, solid. And 
I think with a lot more long-term potential than maybe the guild model would have been, especially kind of as the times changed. Um, you've mentioned playing games, so I'm going to pivot quickly into what game have you played most in your life? Most? Hmm. I would say probably Diablo 2, Path of Exile, or League of Legends. Probably one of those three. And with them, what kind of experiences have they given you which you are trying to hoping to bring to Web3? Yeah, so um, when I played Diablo 2, which is like one of my first games, I was doing trades on like online forums for all of the different like in-game assets and stuff and like trading back and forth, arbitraging and things like that. Um, and then Path of Exile is kind of like a continuation of that. So I learned a lot about like um, economy and what players valued and how they value things. <clears throat> um, but League of Legends was more so just about like me getting into gaming and really loving gaming. But the one problem with League, and I guess Riot um, playing Valorant now, is that they just sell the same skins to everybody, right? Um, when I first started playing Counter-Strike, I put in like 200 hours in two weeks. Um, and I was like addicted to Counter-Strike. But I had like M9 Bayonet Fade. I had like all these different skins. And I was even gambling them as well on like different matches and betting on Counter-Strike matches using the skins. So like all of these exposures just made me more bullish on utilizing the technology of blockchain. I think that's very interesting, especially the 200 hours uh, and then gambling the skins because they're definitely kind of things that we're starting to see games bringing in, gambling your skins, gambling your NFTs. Um, definitely something that we're seeing crop up in the space right now. Um, you kind of touched on the data side that you're building with Quest. We've had a lot of, um, I don't know, uh, feelings and sentiment within the space and not a lot of data for most of the time. Um, how important do you see the kind of role of data in pushing Web3 forward and actually making it a lot more kind of concrete? Yeah. So people say like uh, vibes is getting community is at the forefront of Web3, right? But it's like you can't run a business unless you know how much you're spending to acquire a user and how much that user is worth. So what I mean by that is like in traditional publishing, uh, especially like mobile games, you run a lot of performance ads and it's like literally how much is the user worth and then how much are they, um, how much you spend to acquire them versus how much their value is as a lifetime customer. And then each country has like different customer acquisition costs and lifetime values. So um, a lot of publishers just basically optimize that. And if you don't have the value of the customer and their lifetime value higher than the cost that you're spending to acquire them, then you don't have a business. You're just burning capital. And with kind of the methods you see now in Web3 and just from some of the stuff I've seen, there's a lot of projects that seem to be throwing money to try and get users, but I think they'd probably struggle to meet that kind of equation that you're just mentioning. Is that something you'd be seeing in the space or how are you seeing it? 
Yeah, so I think like every so making a game is already hard. And making a web three game is even harder because you're integrating blockchain into it. So a lot of these people, like they've never done real user acquisition. They've never spent hundreds and thousands of dollars every month to acquire users and understand like how much does that cost to acquire that user. So when a lot of these people try to like work with creators in Web3, work with um, different marketing agencies, like they don't really convert, to be honest. And there's like not even enough reach and engagement to really measure that. And do you think that's um, kind of a symptom of the size of the space or that they're just kind of fishing in the wrong pools? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a problem with the size of the space, right? Like um, Axie Infinity owns about 30 to 40% of the total watch time for Web3 Gaming. And whenever we see a change in that, it's usually a um, new release for a game, but they're not able to maintain that viewership. So like when we look at the overall pie for gaming, it's really small. All the creators, like maybe they get 10 viewers. <laughs> um, YouTube, maybe a couple hundred views, right? And it's like, I could work with one Web2 creator and get more impressions. And obviously, the users are not the same and don't necessarily understand blockchain as like somebody who follows Bryce or Kagi or whoever. But your conversion and opportunity cost and CPMs are so much different. I, I think that opportunity cost and the mention of CPMs is surprising to a lot of people kind of in the space. And I think we do see people uh, wasting money is probably a bit harsh, uh, maybe more too optimistic with what their money could could get them. Do you think we'll see as kind of games are going slightly more diet crypto is how I describe them. They're kind of dialing back on the blockchain. You can play our game, but without blockchain, do you see them starting to have more success getting traditional gaming content creators on board that will get those higher impressions? Yeah, I think those people just don't know what they're doing <laughs> and kind of rode the hype. <laughs> because if you think about it, like they raise capital on blockchain because everybody was like, oh my God, this is going to change the future. Web3 is going to change the future. Ownership will change the future, right? And then they're like, oh shit, there's like 20,000 people actually trading in Web3 and they're not playing games. They're just trading assets and speculation and like gambling. They're not players, they're gamblers. And um, then they're like, okay, let's dial it back. Um, let's just be a Web2 game and not mention blockchain or NFTs. But guess what? You're now an indie game and you're still competing with Honkai Rail, which probably spent like $50 million developing the game and another $100 million in marketing the game because it was made by Genshin Impact, right? So it's like, irregardless of your game being in Web3 or Web2 or using certain terminology, like, guess what? You still have the same difficulties for user acquisition as every other fucking game that exists. I think that's a massive uh, kind of misconception in the space is that 
everyone's so busy excited and thinking their game's going to make it that they miss that so many games don't because of that struggle you mentioned and we can see people saying oh they, they've raised so much money in web3 and then you kind of jump across to traditional games and the amount just would be tiny like it wouldn't even be a drop in the ocean for some of them and then that comment you mentioned of web2 kind of hiding the nfts in the background i know when nina cooney came out the first article I saw was a PC Gamer one recommended by Google. And they said, ah, oh, the game you love, but they've hidden NFTs in it, avoid. And then it was just a whole kind of like slam article. So I think the idea of having NFTs, but try and hide them in the background, whilst you might get a few more people to start with, um, they'll have to find out eventually. So it'll be kind of interesting how that transitions. Yeah, because like, I think a lot of games that exist are already implementing what everybody in web3 wanted to do like fortnite has a metaverse like you can literally play naruto and fight against thanos right um and then in roblox like they've implemented uh ugc uh monetization and ways for people to make money through what content they're creating with the ips that they make right um steam like every time a transaction goes through on the Steam marketplace, the games actually get a percentage kickback like OpenSea and all the other marketplaces that exist. And when you gamble skins on Counter-Strike through those third-party websites, like they already use crypto as a currency to exchange skins. When you gamble, they use crypto, they use ETH, um, Litecoin, whatever, Bitcoin, when you're playing crash right so it's like all these web 2 companies quote unquote already implemented a lot of features that web 3 people want and they have users that is well yeah that is the big point i think that's one of the things i kind of see in the space that like i want to support people you know happy to be here i like the fact i get to talk to loads of people building games some of them are definitely going to struggle when the big boys come in because I don't think they'll come in as knights in shining armor. I think they'll come in and eat your lunch because they've already got those users. They've already kind of got that experience. And like you say, they, they've kind of been doing the bits anyway. Like the fact that people talk about interoperability within Web3, even though most of the time it's not kind of assets that cause the problem, it's IP. And the fact that Fortnite has a ridiculous amount of different like creations coming into it now. I don't think people care that they don't end up owning that skin, particularly. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so I think a great example is Tencent, actually. Um, because Tencent has the full publishing stack figured out. And Riot Games is like pretty close as well. Um, and what they do is like they actually market internally to their current existing players because they already have a platform, right? And one thing that Tencent also does is like, they actually build the same game with different IP at the same time. So they literally like A-B test while they're spending millions of dollars building a game um, just to see which one would do better in terms of the general player base and audience that they have. And so like Tencent, they have game developers, they have publishers, they can run advertisements in their own games that they own to pump other games that they're releasing, right? So it's like all these game devs and publishers that have been building for 10 years, like they know how much 
money they need to acquire players. They know how to spend money efficiently to acquire players. They know when to kill games, right? And I see like a lot of Web3 games, they raise capital, sure, but they're still sort of like indie games. I one that kill games I think is a really important one. Um I was talking to someone who they were doing mobile games, traditional games have come over to web three because uh, mobile games are a bit too predatory in traditional games. Be interesting to see how web three does it differently. Um but they were mentioning that they started as a web three studio rather than a game because they were used to the fact that you will try games and you will kill them. Whereas people who've been building so far out in public with this is the game they don't really get that opportunity to actually go actually this may have not been the right idea uh let's let's kill this one we're still a studio let's start with another one um so it's quite interesting that the mentioning of people will put money in and then kind of kill the game because i think i think in web3 it would take a lot of courage to be able to do that and then go on to another game because people are so expectant that you're going to finish yeah well i mean like i think attention spans are getting shorter mainly like partially due to tiktok as well um that's why short short form content is like performing so well right and if you think about all these like games that are being published um they have optimized like ray shadow legends like if you haven't heard of Ray Shadow Legends, like <laughs> fucking go outside and stop working in gaming, right? Like they have ran paid ads for I think like three years straight with literally every creator, every YouTuber, every streamer. And they have a very specific thing that they're trying to hit, right? And in their activations, they're like, the player must get to level five. Because they have probably optimized millions of downloads to understand that like hey when somebody hits this level that's when they start having fun in this game right so like all these games have figured out game loops and um, understanding player retention and all these web3 games is like they haven't even really experimented at a large enough sample size to understand that and how are they going to experiment because guess what these brands are spending millions millions of dollars on just publishing and you spent five million developing the game. Where where's your marketing budget? Uh yeah, two things. As someone who's tr- trying to pretend to be marketing at least, um, forgetting marketing budget seems to be a very common thing. But then also the idea of testing and not having the money to test. There's also the statistical reliability that some of them don't even have the players to test. Oh, all our player base tested and we got this feedback you've got like 100 people. That's not statistically relevant. It's not going to be enough. And I think I think a lot of them are riding a bit too much on hope um, and kind of a bit too sure on what they like, but they don't yet know how that's going to land because of what you're saying about there just isn't that data for testing. They just haven't, they can't do it really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so some I'm trying to think of something positive to say. <laughs> but I'll carry on. Yeah, so like <laughs> one thing that we, we saw um when Dead Drop released their snapshot, I think, with the tower keys, um, there was actually a lot of web two people that didn't know about NFTs playing, right? So Doc um introduced a lot of new people 
from the game. But guess what? Where are those users now? They're not streaming anymore. They're not playing the game. There's like no viewership because like attention is just such a hard thing to garner all the time, right? And unless you you really understand how to keep somebody in a game loop, retained in your community, attentive all the time, and like times half a million people, <laughs> it's really hard to build a business. And I think that I think that's a great example. Actually, I know I played. I've played all the snapshots that came out of Dead Drop, and this last one was probably the one that got the most marketing. Um, Doc did a huge event and stuff, so that got quite a few people in, and it lasted maybe a week, two weeks of interest, maybe slightly longer. The snapshot before that, they didn't have half the kind of marketing. I downloaded it on the day it came out, played it a little, couple of games. Then I, what did I do? I had something on the weekend, came back the next day to play it, opened it up, lobby was me and one other person kind of thing. Um... And it is just that kind of, I know it's an early build, but keeping people in, especially for player versus player games, is so important because the second you have someone load up a lobby and they can't find anyone to play with, like people, some people wouldn't even wait 30 seconds, I don't think, um, for a lobby. So that attention span's a really good one. Um, I know TikTok's definitely broken my attention span. <laughs> Um, you touched on kind of tournaments and arranging tournaments kind of in your early days. We see a lot of tournament play kind of coming into Web3 and a lot of people are using that combined with streaming to, I don't know, showcase the game. How important do you see kind of tournaments being for some of these games? And do you think it will actually achieve what they're hoping for? <clears throat> um, I'm pretty bearish on tournaments. Um, so I do think it gives you exposure, but the amount of attention that you're getting is like, people aren't there to play, um, in the tournament and keep playing the game. I think the conversion is really bad because there's just not enough game loops to retain somebody. Like, I think one example, uh, could be, let's say planet Mojo. They ran an event with, was it magic Eden? Um, and like, who's playing Planet, Planet Mojo right now as a creator? Nobody, right? Um, what about, what was that? There's like a, a game that Fractal ran a tournament for as well. And it's uh, Meta Ops, I think? Meta Ops, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, who's, who's playing that game, right? It's like, I'm happy that they're trying to test and experiment and show off their game, but it's like not in a good enough place where you're spending money efficiently. Like one of the reasons why Axie isn't spending a million dollars a month on UA is because they know that their game can still be optimized more and it can be polished more. 100%. And I think like I think Axie still gets a kicking. I think I did a thread before where I think it still seems quite cool to dunk on Axie because it has had a little bit of fall from its all-time high, but it still crushes everything in terms of users. Uh, just the sheer size and I think one of the things they do that Web3 games in general struggle with is they're so Web3 games are so keen on being special that they won't copy some of it like they try and copy the games for some projects but they won't copy what Web2's already learned yeah and I have a hot take for that um, so <laughs> Everybody keeps saying play to earn is bad, okay? But as a user acquisition tool, 
I think play to earn is actually literally the best thing that Web3 has ever seen for UA because every player, like I'm pretty sure all of the creators of Web3 came from Axie in some aspect. Um, Bryce started in Axie. That's where you got all his followers. Same with Spike and some of the other creators as well, right? And um, all the players from Axie, like they jump through immense hoops to learn how to play and make money from the game, right? And Axie didn't spend any marketing money. They didn't spend user, like they didn't run advertisements. It was literally play to earn, right? So I think play to earn in some aspects could uh, replace user acquisition in, in traditional publishing. However, obviously the downside with play to earn is that once there isn't enough incentive, then people will leave. But I think that's like a case for every game that's coming out. It's like, if it's not fun enough, if there's no incentive, they're not going to play your game. I think some of that, so I'm, I, w- I came by Axie at the very end. Like I, it was the, my introduction was actually very end of it. Uh, thankfully didn't spend quite as much as other people on it. But I think you were right that it definitely was the introducer for a lot of people. Uh, that burnt me slightly on the old pay to earn model. Um, I didn't lose too much, but I saw that there was like difficulties with it. But the more I've thought about it, the kind of more I've come around to it as actually being decent and definitely not dead. Um, I think it can be implemented badly. We've seen games pop up, get drained, disappear straight away because you still need something to hook people in. Um, but the fact that a game goes up, lasts for a year, year and a half, and then peters off isn't really play to earn's fault. For a lot of games, that is their life cycle. They they don't last past the year. They don't last past like two years. If if even if you look at Steam, some games can be hot for about six months and then no one talks about them. So, I think to say pay to earn, play to earn killed them um, is kind of missing the wider traditional gaming point on them. Yeah. So, if we think about like Axie, um, at, at their peak, I think they had a two and a half million DAU, right? And now I think it's like closer to like 50k or so. So it, there's there's still conversion, right? And I think when other people try to do it, like Kodaba, I think was one, <laughs> Pegaxi, um, and some other like Zedrun as well. Like they just their game sucked. Yeah. Because nobody wants to do horse racing except for gamblers. Um, so it's not a real game. It's like game five, closer to game five than it. Well, not even game five. It's like literally closer to gambling than a game. So I think like if we looked at the games that actually mattered and peaked throughout this cycle for Web3 gaming, it was all primarily due to play to earn because people want incentives. It's the same reason uh, DeFi is really popular because liquidity farming, staking, you get one token and you get airdropped other tokens. It's just like magic internet money, right? Yeah, I, th- I think I had my rose-tinted glasses smashed on that last week because I um, it was to do with uh, some gala news and ROI. And I put out a vote, oh, is ROI really needed? Uh, and I think the answers were yes, in some cases, no, and then show results. If you ignore show results... Yes, and sometimes 
got 78% of 575 votes. And I was like, huh, we're, we're all here cheering about we're here for the gaming, but I don't think we are, um, which I think is fine. And I think I think games need to, if they're going to do that, need to lean into it. Because I think what happens is that it's the mismanaged expectations which winds users up about it. Whereas I think if games are very honest about it, I think they'd get the right users from the start. Um, and then the, the numbers that you, you quoted on Axie about kind of their daily active users and the drop that it's go, gone through, part of that I think will be the incentives, like you mentioned, but part of it is the game is appealing. It's a good game to the right people. And I think initially when it hit the high user volumes, it had a lot of people who didn't like that game. Whereas now they've kind of settled into a rhythm of people who the incentives are enough or they actually kind of like that style of game and i think people just miss that you still need something or else that your kind of life expectancy is going to be a lot shorter yeah i i think that point where you mentioned about just embracing it is pretty important because like a lot of games are trying to do stuff um and it's just like the same stick as everybody else whereas like what did blur do right they gave incentives for people to provide liquidity for nfts and instead of a normal spread for trading you now had a huge buy wall for nfts um so it could sustain like floor prices better but due to the mechanics and how it worked it actually decreased floor prices because of people who wanted to farm blur right and then if you think about um what did shit coins do it's like it's just the personification of that but 10 times faster it's like oh so you're telling me i could buy an nft and wait a year for this to either 10x or go to zero or i could just buy shit coin and get the same feeling in an hour or less right it's like people are just gamblers and people are speculators they want the potential of getting 100x so yeah I, I think that's a great point i think that this space is a lot more gamblers than would admit to it um i think everyone has a little bit of it in them and that's how come they're getting in so early i think if you were less if you were more risk averse and less likely to gamble you'd probably wait till the space matured a little bit I think you're in here because you like the risk and that that could end up giving you quite a good reward as you go through. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm a gambler. <laughs> right? Like I literally like um I think I so I started let me see in the first bear market or something, I don't know, like 2018, I bought Tron in the US and then I was like everything went down. I was like what the fuck is going on? And I like converted that to BNB. And then when I came back, I had like a couple hundred dollars left. And I started doing BNB shit coins. <laughs> and I got right too much. And I was like, well, next thing. And then now, so it's like, I'm on Solana. I'm doing coin flips on Solana. <laughs> Lost probably like a grand on coin flips. So um, yeah, like I, I accept that this space is very volatile. And it's like pretty much gambling. I, I think that's a great point. I think... So I did 
uh, fast fold poker before this. I did sports betting, especially ones where you can either go to, against the exchange or they give you offers and you can kind of milk the offers. Um, when that got shut down because legislation changed slightly, high risk casino spins where you had to spin through twenty thousand uh, dollars and mathematically you'd end up up but you had to eat that kind of loss a few times before it came through and i think that is the a lot of people's secret mindset to what they're doing with um crypto i'll get into enough places that one of these will do well um and then it's difficult because sometimes you lose sometimes you get rugged far too many times <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah. we we've been uh down a slightly negative road. We're smiling the whole time. It's all, all real, all realistic kind of propositions rather than fake optimism, which I do enjoy. But if you were to pick some bits in the next three to six months that you were excited for, what would they be? Yeah, so I would say the thing that excites me is that Web2 brands are looking. They're interested they're curious. So when we were doing research and working with Pepsi, like they've already done two activations in gaming through Decentraland. And they know that Web3 exists and they also have an internal team. They actually have a department for Web3. And like all these brands are looking at the space and are interested in the technology. They just haven't moved yet because they're not sure um, the risks and the legality um, that's coming. So like, I'm super excited to see more brands from Web2 really just hopping in and embracing what we're doing with like innovation and blockchain technology. I, I think that, I think like I mentioned, I, I think for some of the projects in the space, uh, it won't be great. But for the space in general, I think it will bring in more users and more money and more stability by having actual businesses turn up, uh, kind of essentially. And then the the final question that I like to ask people who are kind of working Web3 and gaming as their kind of their job. Do you, we see often across Twitter, across Discord, people are always interested in trying to get involved, trying to quit the Web2 life and join working in Web3. Do you have any tips for anyone looking to do that? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people in Web3 are hiring, but they're being very strategic about it. So I think just being able to understand what type of skills and abilities you have and creating um, a network around that, because what the one thing that I will say is interesting about um this current situation, even though we do it on Twitter, is that a lot of people are really accessible. Like, when would you ever talk to the creator of like 2K or Activision or like a VP who hopped into Web3? Like, you would never see them or meet them in real life in Web2. But you've talked to them on Twitter space now. Um, so I think just being able to like talk to people, understand what their problems are, what they're facing, and how you could really solve it is um one way to really get into the space no i think that's a great great point and i think now when there's not all the crazy excitement 
and people have a little bit more time because they don't have to suddenly, you know, get all the uh, the bull money before it runs away. I think it's a great time to kind of be doing some of those bits. Where is the best place to follow you and see what you're up to? Um, yeah, for sure on Twitter um, at h a n t a o. Also, um, anywhere else, probably have the same name, but I don't post on any of those other platforms. So you can find me on Twitter. Big thanks for giving me your time today. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more insights into the world of Web3 Gaming. And if you need to experience more Web3 Gaming content, search for Gaspo WD on all content platforms. And remember to look for games that you enjoy. I'll see you next time.